When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another Attacking Scrum Rugby World Cup special. Uh, I'm joined this evening by Yestin George. How are you, Yest? All right, thanks. Uh, slightly less exuberant than this time last week, but, you know, it still feels good. Life is, uh, you know, it's still a nice feeling, isn't it? Just to have that in the back pocket. It's the, beauty of the rest, it's the beauty of the rest week, isn't it? Is you get to bask in that sunshine for, uh, for an extra week without anything going wrong. Yeah, I mean, you could have done with... Do you think... How do you, do you feel? Did you feel that that you could have done with the Georgia game this weekend just, just to keep it going? I don't know. I don't know, actually. I, I, when we looked at the fixtures when they first came out, I was like, actually, this is perfect because you've got a real tough one to start with. Then you've got Portugal. Then you've got the you know what we assumed would be you know a, a crunch game against Australia, which it turned out to be. Then you've got your week's recovery. Then you've got Georgia just to kind of sharpen the... Um, sharpen things up again. So, yeah, it definitely looked like a good layout from a playing perspective. Um, but it's all—it's always been this way, isn't it? It's like when the Six Nations goes on and you've got that rest weekend in there. Or we were saying off air, like when the Tour de France, you know, in, in between the, the Alps and the Pyrenees and you've got a rest day, you think, oh, what? We're, we were saying we're a bit like kind of the ITV coverage going, right, what are we going to do? Although they put yeah. together wonderful packages, which... Yeah, uh, get in the helicopter yeah. and uh, start, or go visit a um, visit a site of, uh, of of historic importance, usually often rather grimly uh, sort of uh, war-related. Or, <laughs> That's true, actually, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Unfortunately, yeah, we won't be doing that. We might drop in a few more 90s music references, which seem to go down very well with the listeners. And yeah. uh, uh, and again, well, it goes down well with a few listeners, which I assume is everyone. There must be loads of people going, what the hell are you talking about? But um, nonetheless, uh, there, well, there the may be a few The fact that Sultans of Ping FC were played on Radio 6, as it was pointed out by one of our listeners uh, that very week, suggests that we might actually be at the cutting edge of things rather than just distantly and dimly remembering our well my my uh my early 20s you'd have been far younger than that Jed. i i really enjoyed it though the fact that that did come on and um i was i think i was changing a nappy at the time and my my one-year-old thought it was hilarious and then uh, my eldest walked in and went what's this song and uh, and a couple of times has said a couple of times over the weekend has gone because she's got like about 10 songs in her head that she wants to hear over and over again and a couple of times has gone can we can we play Where's My Jumper? Can you play Where's My Jumper? So um so we've have, have had it a few times this weekend. So uh, yeah, who knows? Spotify yeah. they're they're yeah, that naught point naught naught one one eighth of a penny that they're getting for every play will have they they'd have made about yeah, about about 0.7p this yeah, week. Exa- off, exactly. Off the back of the attacking scrum. That's great. That's it. So yeah, let's hope um yeah, let's say we can we can do that for a, for a few more. Um, but yeah, what we what we did think we'd do 
is we'll have a look back at, do a bit of a half term report, if you like, look back at some of our favourite moments. Now, this isn't going to be, uh, as you may have guessed, is not going to be planned out with the level of detail and scrutiny and having watched every minute of every single game. This is pieced together from uh, two commercially rugby fans who've been watching as much as we can. Again, if you want that analytical stuff, you know to go to Squidge uh, and not to us. Um, uh, which we're hoping while we're out in Nantes to uh, to do a collaboration with Squidge, which would be really, really good fun. So, uh, so yeah, fingers crossed we can make the logistics work on that one. And yeah, uh, yeah so I'm very much good. looking forward to his analysis of the Australia game. That's going to be something to see, isn't it? I know. I just I just admire the effort to to go into to to watching all these these games in that level of detail. Um, at the other end of the spectrum, I have to add, uh, my mate Emlyn texted me shortly before we came on air, and it simply said. The Portuguese hooker is called Tadger. Brilliant. Um, so uh, yeah, I think yeah we'll we'll be down that end of the spectrum uh, versus versus Squidge. But yeah, looking forward to getting out to Nantes next week. Uh, myself and Dan are going to be heading out there and bringing you lots of extra, for want of a better word, content. Uh, so yeah, make sure you are subscribed. And uh, a big thanks to our sponsors for making that happen. At MSG Tours. Uh, there are still some packages available. Uh, I think there's still some. Uh, some ticket and accommodation packages available for around about 299 So if you want to get on and, and take a look at those, search for MSG Tours, um, or you can have a look on our Twitter page and, um, and look at the packages uh, that are pinned on our tweet there as well. So, right, where do you want to get stuck into then? Yes, what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with some of the magic moments, or do you want to have a look back at this weekend, first of all, this odd weekend where, where Wales weren't playing? I think yeah, I I caught some of the stuff. Um, I don't. I yeah. Let's start with um, the concept of New Zealand, and mm. and uh, now being. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you you watch obviously media coverage with a, with half an eye towards how they have a job to do, which is really hyping the whole operation, and when mm. and with. Uh, Scotland being the only team in in action on you know uh, th- it was just interesting seeing how they how how they would sell the weekend as it were and the the reaction to the New Zealand win I thought was um, was interesting just from the point of view that you know the people saying oh they're back and it's it's now a four horse a four horse race again etc mm. etc et and I I I wondered. I mean, I you know, it's speaking to uh, my close Kiwi friend who was very disgruntled uh, before the tournament and doesn't appear to be any less gruntled now. Um, or is he more gruntled? More gruntled? I can't remember. I don't yeah, know. he's probably more gruntled. But he certainly was. Uh, he just his final line uh, was. Uh, disappointing end full stop. amazing and i said i said uh, you have to remember that was the team that uh the same team that beat us at home yeah uh on dan uh, biggest not, 100th cap and alan win jones 150th yeah and uh and he said yeah but that team turned up on that night and i was like yeah, okay fair enough but i still think yeah. i still think there's um there's still plenty. To, there's plenty of potential interest, isn't there? I, I, something, something extraordinary is bound to happen, and invariably it has. Uh, it, it, you, you wouldn't bet against the fact that 
New Zealand were the deliverers of that uh, of that sort of that match where mm. everything's turned on its head. He, my friend, was relishing the prospect of them playing France, for instance, and he thought they'd turn them over. And I just thought, well, okay. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it's fascinating actually, New Zealand, because I have never known a World Cup where they've not gone in favourites. I, I can't. I can't think in my lifetime that they've that they've not. I don't really remember '91. I imagine they were probably favourites for it, and Australia did them in the semis. '95, they certainly were. '99, uh, they were. What came next? Like three, they were. Um, yeah, right the way through. Right the way through to. Um, the the last tournaments which they you know which they they won um, and then yeah and nineteen they pro- were probably favourites for that as well so it is really weird seeing the rest of the world catch up with New Zealand and I think it's still more the rest of the world have caught up than they've nose dived you know when you leave a generation behind I, I'm, it's a shame Murph isn't around because he is very much in that kind of I, I just don't think this New Zealand team's all that and and I think a lot of his his thinking for that is that, you know, there was a spine of absolute all-time greats knocking around all of those previous sides, you know, whether it's McCaw or Carter or Nonu or, um, you know, further back, Lomu and and whoever. And I think this time round, it is easy to look at that side and say, okay, there aren't necessarily all-time greats in there. But I think Aaron Smith is one. And I think, again, if he, you know, he is one of those players who can just completely boss a really, really big game. And that could be a quarterfinal against Ireland, for example. And there is still enough outrageous raw talent knocking around the rest of that size that I, it was never in my head to write off New Zealand. So really, I don't, nothing's changed for me between the stuff, between them losing to France and walloping Italy. I don't suddenly think, oh, right. Oh, I thought they were done after the French defeat. But now, a, you know, a win against admittedly an off-colour Italy. Um, I don't think it, there's a huge amount to read into it. Italy, they'd be really disappointed, yeah. wouldn't they, Italy? They'd be, oh, they'd yeah. be gutted. They'd be gutted. Yeah. It's a real shame because it feels like a bit of a lame duck presidency now that Crowley's heading off. Having had, you know, having turned them into a competitive side, really good to watch. And I kind of get the, you know, the... Um, the logic behind it, but I think it would have been good to see some continuity and and see him kind of carry on. And I, I, maybe that's the reason why is you know they they thought that they weren't progressing at the, the right level. But um, I think they they generally have been good under him, and it does feel like one of those end of end of term things, which can go one of two ways. And sadly, yeah. it's gone the wrong way, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's the there's got to be much as there's got to, there are going to be teams that underperform australia italy um there are going to be there like i just to repeat myself there's going to there's bound to be some surprises al- along the way from now on because there haven't really been well you'd say fiji beating australia is a surprise but under the circumstances we could we could kind of see it coming, couldn't we? I think there's there's something going to be. We're not going to be able to see it coming. Probably the biggest shock is us beating Australia by that many points. Although people, every, everybody said, but everybody said, oh, it was going to happen. It was bound to happen. And I hated the fact that every English pundit was going, oh yeah, it's going to be, oh yes, formality. And I was like, well, really? But anyway, that's more to do with yeah. my my lack of confidence really is. weirdly I, I i didn't say it on here and it's easy to say with retrospect i think i predicted like a four point win or something like that 
And then as the week went on, I just thought, oh, this side is... I, I definitely didn't envisage anything like that. But I thought when we went into that game that it was it would have been hugely disappointing to not win it. You know, that was a side there on the racks there for the taking. And so as, as poor as Australia were, you still can't forget how ruthless Wales were. Well, you know, we're, we're ruthless and still left a little bit out there, if that helps. Well, even against, even, even against Georgia, Australia, they managed to motor and score some tries, but then looked quite vulnerable at times. And um, uh, uh, not Georgia, sorry. Yeah, no, hang on. What am I talking Portugal about? Today, against yeah. Portugal, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they were... Tadja, Tadja. Of course. And Portugal Portugal butchered several chances, butchered them. Um, so, yeah, that could have been a different story as well, obviously having taken the lead as well. But, Definitely. yeah, so I, I don't know. I, it, I, yeah, New Zealand... There's, there's something I, special I'm, from New I'm, Zealand could be I'm the thinking, final. I'm right. thinking... New Zealand are, are going to do something, and I, I, I thought Scotland. You know, Scotland. I'd have to say, you know, you watched is, you know, you watch. Obviously, they played well, and Chris Harris was class um, on Saturday night, and uh, Darcy Graham, you know, gets all the headlines and the uh, man of the match, and. Quite rightly so, and as is is a the closest thing to Shane Williams in mm. in, uh, in human form that I've seen for quite a while. Uh, but I just yeah, I just don't, I, I just can't see them being able to withstand the power of the Irish. Really, the other thing is is that it has to be a win by more than seven, doesn't it? Yeah. So they have to, do, and and that's the thing is it's hard enough to beat Ireland, and there is a safety blanket in there, which I just think is going to stretch things that bit further. And it's a shame for Scotland. Again, part of me wonders. I don't know. It's like the constant misfiring at World Cups has been has been a blow for Scotland. Last, you know, I think like we said with Murph last week, there's been times where, you know, in the in the early noughties, Scotland were were a really poor outfit and. Um, and it didn't really matter what group they were in. They weren't likely to make much of a dent in the World Cup. This time and last time, there's definitely a degree of expectation. Now, last time they fluffed their lines because as great as Japan were, and it was their own World Cup, Scotland should have got out of the group with Japan and Ireland in it. And they didn't. And, you know, admittedly, the wheels came off for Ireland as well. They kind of regrouped in a very weird four years that followed and then subsequently have drawn, you know, a, a very, very tough, stay a uh, tough um, pool stage the thing that I think will really smart with Scotland fans is they didn't fire a shot in that first game against South Africa and that's the bit that I think is really disappointing if they'd taken South Africa to the wire I think it would have given them so much confidence into this game to go look we can go toe-to-toe with the best there's no reason why we can't why we can't get a good result against Ireland but the fact that they didn't and again to bring it back to Darcy Graham who is a wonderful talent again it was it just felt like that was the moment in that first game where he he had that opportunity with the overlap. I think it was Van der Merwe outside him, and chose to go on his own, and it, and it didn't come off. Um, and I, I wonder whether he'll even room. play against Ireland. So yeah, it's a really good point. I, I tell you to go to go back to the media. One of the one of the reporters who I think is uh, is one of the best actually on the BBC is Tom English. The yeah, the brilliantly named Tom English, who's called Tom English, is Irish, but uh, but covers Scotland, which is absolutely yeah. superb. Um, yeah, I think he's excellent. He's really, really objective. Called called Eddie Jones uh, the week before and said Eddie was 
Eddie was shouting at clouds, and I think he is. You know, I prefer my analogy of training in his pajamas covered in marmalade, but um, but yeah, essentially shouting at clouds. And then yeah, he he said um, in relation to Darcy Graham, he said, look, we all know he's a wonderful talent. Of course, he's going to run in tries against Romania. Be interesting to see if he gets the opportunity next week and whether he takes it. And I hope he does because rugby is better for having characters like Darcy Graham around. He's a, just a joy to watch. Um, would would you pick him? Yes, if you were if you're in Townsend shoes, uh, I would because it's been it's a just has to be gamble. I think you're right. Yeah. Have to, you have to just you have to they gotta they're gonna have to roll the dice. And as everybody says, when Finn Russell rolls the dice, it's either a, a an amazing piece of play or an intercept yeah, that's it. and I think it's a big burden on one person to to deliver all the goods uh so I would I would be yeah I mean there were there was again Tom English was talking about Hamish Watson being a possibility because mm. he looks so rumbustuous but again you're talking about playing playing you know uh and Rory Darge isn't is, has done nothing wrong, has he? So yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's always hard to read much into those wallopings, isn't it? Because you know, it's. I mean, it, it's very different because Wales always alternate their sides and labour through those games, but other nations seem to have players running in four or five tries, or you know, scooping five, three turnovers, or whatever. Uh, you know, I think Darge has been the inform, the inform seven the whole year. Dem- you know, Dempsey has been excellent at eight, and, and we know what Richie does at six as well. So uh, it's it's tricky to see that. But again, Watson, you know, Watson's a he's a lion, he's a he's a class operator. But it's very tricky. I I, I am so looking forward to that game though, because if this has been kind of something of a of a dud weekend, next weekend is is fully loaded again, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's yeah, I'm um, sort of not. <laughs> this is a bit like. Sort of live blogging a game. The listeners will be listening to this on a Monday at the very earliest, and I'm watching the I'm watching the Tongans go up three Tongans. Sorry, Tongans. that was what. That's here's another media thing. Go on. Chris Jones says Tonga all the yeah. time, and it drives me mad because. Um, well, Murph is now an elected uh, an elected member of the Pacific Islands Rugby he Board, is, isn't he? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, bear in mind he's not got anyone's name right it's for that... seven years. When he turns up and he's on the on the pod and he's wearing those garlands, I was wondering what that was all about. Cultural rep- cultural uh, representation, or what's, what's the term? Appropriation. Appropriation. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I just um, thought, oh, yeah, he's changed. I know, but but yeah, that uh, just I I can't quite believe because I think every pundit and commentator has in the last ten years just said Tonga and yeah. Chris Jones is not. You know, he's not tone deaf by any means. No, and he's, he's just... certainly not. He's certainly not um, swoops into the commentary box underprepared, is he? You know, no, uh, grief, he's not no. one of those. He's not one of those fellas. He covers a lot of rugby. Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting though with that because again, I find uh, again this is this. I don't know whether this sounds like I'm some kind of lunatic, but you know, I don't know, hearing Miles Harrison say Chile just sounds odd to me. Yeah. And likewise, I think it would be odd. Like when you say Jack Morgan, that's yeah, 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 yeah. Sounds fucking weird if I say it. And so yeah. I kind of like it's it, it's weird to to know where to draw the line. But you're right, Tong, Tongan is Tongan, isn't it? I yeah, think. I often I often think that when I'm saying the the name Jack Morgan, but it's just it's it's very it's very difficult. 
this is random. There's a there's a laundry service called Avon Wen that I see around big lorries, right? And uh, uh, south southeast of England, and I mm. and I wonder what I wonder what people how other people say that word because they the, you know big branding on the lorries, and I saw one today uh, in Brighton. And I just thought, I wonder what other people, how would they say Avon when? Because it's 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 White River basically yeah. uh, in Welsh, and I, you know, it's, I don't even think it's a Welsh company as it happens. But anyway, I know, God, talk I, about I, already going off on a tangent. I, know, I was going to say, like, what, what else would we? I was to to finish this first part of the show on a, a similar tangent. There's a road I walk past in here in Surrey, um, just outside Guildford. And I, again, I don't even know how you pronounce it, but it's, it would be it's, so. It's, it looks like Lanaway, but with a double L at the front. And I was like, surely it's, it couldn't be Lanaway in here. Like I was like, that's not um, that's not a place name in Wales, is it? No, no, Llanelloy, but not Lanaway. No, not to the yeah. best of my knowledge, anyway. Anyway, yeah. So again, these 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 things do um, do baffle me. But yeah, the pronunciation stuff is really interesting, especially when Murph is the one banging the drum for the Pacific Islanders because. Uh, um, yeah, the one that really gets me, by the way, the, the mispronunciation that drives me mad, and you hear it loads. Martin Williams and Shane Williams have done this for about seven years. Is um, is either tag burn or tag furlong? And I was like, yeah. I've heard it a million times. It's tight because I've heard other people say it correctly. You hear Irishmen say it's tight. It's like tiger, but without the R, right? I yeah. think I'm right in saying it's not. Hard. Like, it's definitely not tag. And and yes, you know, it, it would be an unusual an unusual name for, for most Anglo speaking countries, but it's, but once you, you know, when those players have been playing for 10 years at the top of their game, you know, that it's, you know, that it's tight, you know, you've, you've heard that again, my pronunciation might be wrong, but it's certainly not tag. Well, there's another rel, uh, faintly relevant rugby one, which is I met somebody in, again, in Brighton on Friday and uh, I was introduced to her as um, Ellery. Um, Ellery, like celery. Yeah. yeah, as in Ellery Hanley. And I just thought that I, I actually said, Are you called Ellery? And she went, No, Ellery. And I went, All oh, right, yeah, okay, from Slander Beer. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I do like the Ellery Hanley re- reference, though, um, which yeah. uh, again, I'm sure will lead us into more tangents as we head into the, uh, into the second part of the show. Uh, but as we do that, we are going to be looking ahead to Wales versus Georgia at some point, And we're also going to be looking back at some of our favourite moments of uh, the Rugby World Cup so far. So stick with us for that and ramblings down various avenues, Planaway or otherwise. Welcome to the second part of the Attacking Scrum podcast with MSG Tours. As we've said a number of times, really excited to be heading out to Nantes next week for the Wales versus Georgia game. And it's not too late. If you're listening to this on Monday morning and you're still thinking about heading over to see Wales during the Rugby World Cup, uh, then check out some of the packages available at MSG Tours. And uh, yeah, we'd love to see you over there. If anyone is going, give us a shout. We'd uh, we'd love to... Um, We'd love to have a chat with you. And we've also got, I think we're also going to be doing a live show the morning of the the morning of the game as well, which is quite daunting. Um, but all of that to look forward to. Um, right, Justin, uh, do you want to take a look at some of your favourite moments of the World Cup so far? Yeah, go on then. You start because I'm like, I can't, I can't even remember what happened the day before yesterday at the moment. 
Um, I'll tell you what did happen yesterday before we get into it was Fiji laboring to a win past Georgia. Did you catch this one? Yeah, they looked really, um, God, it was, it was like the pressure had got to them, wasn't it? Yeah, I I don't, I don't, yeah, I, it, yeah, they looked, yeah, distinctly edgy. As as they kept on saying in comms, they were, it was just one up runners, one up runners, one up runners, and no guile and no, no, and, and also trying the, trying the miracle pass. It, It suddenly looked like a, like a, yeah, like they'd gone back two tiers in in a in a in a fortnight. But I'd also I've never seen Fiji lose a game through handling errors and lack of uh, lack of ball skills in the backs. I've seen them lose games through ill discipline, poor game management, bad goal kicking, all of the other stuff that goes with it. Poor set piece, uh, and and their line out was utterly shocking. Um, but I've never seen them. I've never seen them. You know. Admittedly, all right, they didn't lose the game, but I've never seen them look so unfijian in the in the backs. It was a real shame. I hate to say this, but uh, there was a there was there was an inference I felt in again in I can't remember which co-commentator said it that they'd had two weeks off with a kind of almost almost a nudge, really, as if. They'd chill, you know. <laughs> they've been chilling out a bit too much, and having all, all obviously having mm. achieved a significant amount already, that there was a, that they they could have done with a Gatlin style, uh, you know, um, yeah. head coach who was going to who was going to not let them forget the job the job in hand, and it just uh, didn't yeah. look like they just didn't look like that at all. And some of their best players, yeah, they they just didn't look. I thought that when they put the bench on, they just put there was some spark there from that point onwards. But um, yeah, it was it was really odd. I hope it's the, I hope it's the I hope it's not they're running on empty, um, and I I hope they've still got something to contribute because as we said, we've said previously, when you know they would they would be. It, being the surprise pa- potential surprise package would be just great for the game. Oh, it would be incredible were... for the game. Uh, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. Interestingly, about that kind of yeah, that inference about relaxing a bit too much because you, you did hear stories. You know, you hear uh, from from Ben Ryan and his time in charge of the, of the seventh side how a lot of what he had to do was was kind of instill some basic. Um, yeah, some basic discipline into some of the players. I don't mean playing discipline, but some of the off the field stuff. You know that you can't just eat what you want and everything like that. And uh, I certainly hear that, that you know that the Simon Raluni is is a much more open coach. You know, he's not. He's certainly not a Gatlin style coach. But again, I think that's what's got the best out of them so far is an ability mm-hmm. to express themselves alongside what they've worked hard at in the set piece and stuff. So I hope it's just one of those. You know, a bit like us against Portugal. I really hope it's the dud game that they have where. They'll look back at that and go, "Yeah, we really weren't great." And they've got something more to give when it comes to the when it comes to the quarterfinal. And because I, honestly, I, I thought going into last week, if they play England in the quarterfinal, I thought have prior to watching that game, I thought there's every chance that Fiji will get a result out of that. I, I do. I still think they're they're an X factor team when they've got their um, their best players their best players on the pitch. And uh, I, has there been any? Any further news about uh, Joshua Tuasova and the 
because he went off with a yellow card and I couldn't see anything after the game about whether it was upgraded to a red, but it didn't look great. It didn't look great, but then there's been a lot of, I don't know is the short answer. Again, massively under-researched. Well done, yes. Um, but Pleasure. also, there, yeah, <laughs> there was some stuff going on um, in the in, yeah in the Australia game where they were Australia were lucky not to get a red as well. So yeah, yeah there does seem to have been some. I somebody explained it's they re- explain very well when when it's upgraded, but they don't mm. really explain very well when it's downgraded or when it's not. And to I me, to me, it was a straight red actually. But we don't yeah, have we yeah. don't have you don't have them anymore, do we? So um, no. So we don't know, but I mean, it would be from a from a rugby point of view, and I, I mean that you know, look, if, if if he gets served the ban off the back of that, then it's then it's absolutely right. But from a a rugby point of view, in terms of what, which is not the most important thing, it is. It would be great to see him on the pitch against England uh, to make that as big a contest. I pre- I'm presuming it's it's going to be England. And I'm presuming that they will get the job done next week against Portugal. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and there's all other permutations as well, and so they they basically they are essentially there for that second for that spot against um, um, uh, England again. I don't can we bungle? Yeah, so we could still bungle it and end up second, couldn't we? If we yeah, lose, we could. Yeah, if we lose, um, if we don't to get, we need a point. A point to top the group. We need a losing bonus yeah. point to okay. top the group. Okay. okay. Yeah. Right, so yeah, we, we we should be all right. What did you what did you make of Georgia? I thought that I, I've been I was pretty underwhelmed by them prior to this game. I thought they'd been distinctly average, and they played some really good stuff. Actually, you know, it wasn't it wasn't about scrummaging as with the as the cliches go. They looked great in the backs. Yeah, and uh, I I did the one thing I thought was they were they were they're kicking from their from from the deck was mm. was good, and they were. They were nailing penalties from from their own half, and I think building building a twelve. You know, if you if you can build a nine point lead and put the pressure on, then you know that's that's. I think they know what they're good at, but they're not just that mm. anymore. Oh, they're they're far, yeah, they they are far from that actually. And again, actually, if you were to look at that game and um, again, strictly in terms of rugby cliches. You would say, "Oh, right. Well, yeah. Fiji will play all the attacking rugby, and Georgia will be great at the scrum. Georgia had a horrid time at, at scrum time, and Fiji couldn't um, couldn't play their traditional way in the backs. Whereas Georgia looked really, really fluid in the backs. And uh, and you're right. You know, the goal kicking is you know it, as we head into the business end, it's so crucial, and that is definitely an Achilles heel that that Fiji have, and um, and and where it looked so kind of flawless against Australia." It certainly didn't. Um, it certainly didn't against Georgia. Whereas, yeah, Nini Ashvili was nailing those was nailing those long kicks and and keeping them in the game. So, from a you know from a neutral perspective, if we weren't playing them next week, I would be, you know, it's, it's welcome to see Georgia playing that well and and again proving competitive. It has been a good World Cup from that point of view. We, we've mentioned it a couple of times, but are you in agreement? Yes, that there's been yeah. A lot less I mean, of I've, the drubbings. I've got a big. I've got. A, Sort of crush on the Uruguay as well. Um, right. uh, the way the way that they played. That's know. good, actually. That brings me back. I forgot we were supposed to be talking about some of our favourite moments. But let's go straight to the best find. The kind of the the most you know a player that you didn't know about before the tournament uh, that you've that you've really enjoyed watching this time round. 
Oh my god! Um, I've got one for you because when go you on then, Uruguay, you start. honestly, yeah. So I've down the uh, the Uruguayan open side flanker. I have found absolutely incredible. I just looked at it, and, you know, I watched it. Which game would it have been? Um, it wasn't. It was the who who they play after France. Can't remember. Um, no, no, gone. Um, in fact, it's a game they weren't even particularly good in. France, New Zealand. It must have been an Italy game, yeah. So they weren't even particularly fluid against Italy. Uh, but I don't want a, a stack of turnovers. Again, Squidge will be able to tell you how many how many that he won. But it was loads. Honestly, any time anyone was on the floor, Ade was over it. And uh, I just thought he was so impressive. Every, every occasion I've seen him, he's just looked completely superb. And one of those players, I think he's heading to he's heading to play MLS rugby, you know, I don't know, Miami or somewhere like that. I just think, God, if we'd have had a you know a scouting network looking at the looking at these guys, you know, he could be heading to he could be heading to I don't know to, to Cardiff or Scarlets or or wherever and 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 really making a difference. But um yeah, I've I've really enjoyed I really enjoyed watching him. Yeah, the um I like the Portuguese fifteen. I can't remember his name. Sousa, Sousa Guedes. Yeah, mm. um, and and there are sev- there are loads of players that you just think. Um, I adore the fact that the Portuguese captain is called Thomas Appleton. By the way, that's yeah, fantastic. <laughs> so cool. Um, yeah, yeah. There, there's lots to love in that Portuguese side. And I even and to be fair to the Romanians, I know they got, got absolutely drubbed. But they were, um, but they were, uh, yeah. I there's players. There's de- there are definitely players when they always say that, that again in in commentary they tend to say and playing second division or third division, yeah, or fourth France. division, fourth division French rugby as as some of the Portuguese are, yeah. I mean that's that's that. I mean that's low because I've I've watched second division French rugby and it's not it's not amazing by any means. Um, it's quite. You do think that there are players. I don't know. I mean, you just think there are players. Certainly, I think. I think if you know, if I can sweep right, make massive generalizations, that there are, there are very few players who don't look like they can handle mm. the ball, or the or they look fr- frightened to make a tackle, or they look, they look completely out of their depth. It do, just doesn't look like that. Mm. Any anymore, and I, and again, obviously they've had was Vern Cotter, I think, helping the the Romanian. Oh, is he? Just, he's been up to post think, Fiji, Yeah, I just think that was a. Um, I think the IRB might have just. Yeah, it often, it often happens, doesn't it? Whether you, that's why you, you often see Welsh coaches cropping, you know, Phil Davis cropping up in Namibia and yeah. Kingsley in Canada, and all these kind of things that. Um, that you often see has a, yeah, I think it is one of those, um, one of those things actually that rugby is, is good at for all the faults of world rugby. The, um, yeah, those kind of coaching, um, bringing coaching experience to different, different developing nations is something that, that can, um, yeah, there's me using IRB still as if it's... No, it's good. I like that. I like that. But it would still be good. living in the past. It would be good to go back to all those old governing bodies as well. What was the yeah. what was the cricket one before it was ECB? Is the like the TCCB or something? Yeah, the yeah, Test and County Cricket one, yeah. yeah, that's bring right. That, bring that back. Yeah. Bring back the Fairs Cup. 
the third cup, the um. The, uh... I didn't realise this until I listened to another podcast that you had to literally have a fair in your city in order. Is that to what it was? To, yeah, in order Amazing. to compete in the first cup, which is why Le- I think Leeds won it a couple of times. And um, yeah, I had no idea that that, that that was a prerequisite of the competition. That's mad, isn't it? It's mad, but also brilliant. And I, mean, I don't mean a fair as in you know some some like roustabouts with some dodgeons, you know, like a proper fair. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that would that would be great. Actually, I'd I'd, I'd happily get on board with that. It seems a lot better than uh, you need to be a Gulf state in order to host anything. Um, yeah, exactly. Which is definitely the way the de- definitely the way that sport is heading. Let's, let's bring it back to a positive, Justin. We're all about positivity, aren't we? Yeah. I, also, I think as you can probably tell, I'm so guilty of non prep here that I'm I'm I think it's time we should beg our listeners who are probably far more um yeah well i know they are they're far more knowledgeable than i am to uh, contribute to this post post pod so we can actually not to do our homework because we've already that's too already, late yeah we're... we've already butchered the whole pod but um but they can at least uh put us right on a few things yeah I, I certainly i think with with new talent and new players it'd be really interesting to see what you know how what other people think i do still think that it exists yeah definitely everyone who's uh wants to tell us you know the the players they've enjoyed watching the most uh, you know particularly those kind of um players you've been watching for the first time tweet us in at attacking scrum would love to to get your opinion on that um in fact it would have been brilliant to get it four hours ago because i could have passed it all off as my own knowledge which clearly i haven't um but yeah it's really interesting to see um these talents emerge from these countries because you kind of don't get that in football anymore. You know, do you remember you used to have it, you know, like Carol Paborski at Euro 96 or something like that? Well, everyone knows all these players in the world now because how how widely televised uh, soccer is around the world. Whereas in rugby, you still do have those, that degree of, um, that degree of hidden talent tucked away. You know, there would be a lot, there'd probably be a lot of, there'd probably be a lot of the Welsh squad that, People who watch, you know, all the internationals and then the European Cup probably wouldn't know that much about. You know, I think there'll be a lot of players that would have taken English fans by surprise in, in the in the Welsh side. You know, and um, well, it, it is quite, it is quite interesting. What we were saying last week about the, the sense that um, everybody always focus on Finn Russell. You know, the Anglo-centric um, broadcasters. You know, they'll always focus on. They w- They wouldn't know whether Gareth Thomas has had a good season. Mm. No chance. They wouldn't know because you know. I don't know whether Joe Marler has had one really, to be honest. But um, so yeah, it's it, we are quite parochial. I mean, I certainly am anyway. And um, and uh, that it, it was always astounds me with things like when there's when there was transfer speculation about Cody Gakpo, for instance, you know, I, 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 this was pre world cup mm. and I, and everybody had an opinion on Twitter about, about him. And I just didn't, didn't have a clue, you know, did not have a clue. Yeah. But also everyone on Twitter had an opinion based on a highlights reel of six minutes on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not like who in the world has time to watch all of this, all of this stuff, you know, um, it, it just it just can't you can't know every every right back in La Liga. You just can't. No one watches that much La Liga. It doesn't it doesn't exist. You know, it'd be it'd be the same as someone turning around to us again, right? You know, what's that 
that second choice sharks open side what's he like I was like I've got I've got a clue because I watch these sides run over the dragons and then I largely forget about them because that's yeah. that's what that's what this league does to you it's only when Tane Plumtree moves over here that we suddenly know that that he even existed yeah I know I, I know that's um, and to be honest I thought he was going to be I thought he was going to be in the squad but um but he wasn't let's do one more let's do one more category before we head to a break and uh, this should be quite an easy one. Let's go. Let's go for best game. Let's see if there's anything uh, other than the obvious. Yes, and what's the game you've enjoyed yeah. the most so far? Well, I did. I yeah. I, I I wish I could have a hipster answer. I wish I could just be, but I'm not. I, I'm going to go for the bloody obvious. Um, the, the definitely the Ireland South Africa game, and yeah. uh, in the hope that there's that isn't the best game as well. You know, I I hope there are. I, I doubt I. There may not be. I think there are. There's potential for, for games, of that intensity. The, the the one thing I think we're assured of is that there will be games of equal intensity later on in the tournament. It because it didn't deliver a, you know, a France New Zealand. Uh, style kind of not the not this time round but it didn't deliver a sort of festival of running rugby or mm. anything or but it was as compelling a game as you could see and i you know you know you know me i just i like people poncing around sort mm. of uh make doing mercurial things in the in the backs mostly but that was I don't know there was something that you couldn't you, you. I think you said on said, you know, you just, you, you, even if you wanted to blink, you felt you had to pause. Yeah, it was just so compelling. Yeah, absolutely. And again, some of the other, some of the other, well, better researched and uh, better funded podcasts in this have been talking about this week the fact that it wasn't um you know it wasn't a try fest it was nothing to do with that it was the intensity i think is the word you just used and and that's definitely it it was just so incredible to see two sides go hard at it and i think again non-rugby fans would get it because it's just like if you're a big eventer you can look at that and you can see the level of the hits you can see what it means to people and the fact that it wasn't at no point was that game uh was that game done and dusted it wasn't like, oh, it was a contest for 60 minutes and then South Africa rolled on the bomb squad and then ran away with it. it. It was never like that. You couldn't take your eyes off it because you just never knew quite what was going to happen. And it comes down to there being something on the line. And even though, realistically, both those sides will still go through out of the group or you'd expect them to, it's it's the fact that there it was like a, a statement of intent. You know, whoever wins that, you feel like there's just that bit of momentum behind them so it was a cracker i'll go i'll go hipster one for you i'll chuck uh, i'll chuck georgia portugal into the mix which is one of those games that on paper you shouldn't even be watching but the reality was just fantastic you know a real a real brilliant spectacle and georgia should have put the game to bed in the first half they didn't they let portugal back in who played this brilliant rugby and they had a kick to win it at the end it was just it was great it's a great fair and again 20 years ago, it was unthinkable that, that you'd even watch that game, yet alone enjoy it. So, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe we're moving in the right direction. Um, I, I, I certainly hope we are, because that was, uh, yeah, that that was that was a really good, fun game to watch. Yeah, I think you've stolen that. That that's a perfect. I, as it happened, I didn't watch the match. So, I, if you need, if I'd have chosen it for even for the hipster factor, I'd have been a, I would have been a complete 
liar because I didn't see it, but I did regret not seeing it because the highlight, yeah. Did you happen, just before we get to break, did you happen to see Samoa Argentina? I can't remember if that was this week or, no, that was the previous week. Did you see Samoa Argentina? No. Which I, I was quite excited by. I thought, oh, this could be a good game for second place in that in that group. And it, honestly, it was the most 90s game of rugby I've ever seen. In what yeah. way? It was um, loads of scrummages that didn't go to ground, but were really ugly. Uh, there was lo- the, there was loads of handling errors. Uh, it was wet. The ball was flying around like a bar of soap. The overall quality of rugby was just dross. And uh, even the kits were 90s, which is a really good thing. You know, Argentina just sporting those blue and white hoops and Samoa in like block colour blue with, with, with white trim. Everything about it screamed 90s. And I think one of those um, moments where you look back and go, yeah, do you know what? The 90s was not the you know, amateur rugby was not uh, this um, this utopia that it's sometimes held up to be. Um, but yeah, it was it, yeah, it was like a complete throwback of a game. I'm constantly reminded of that on that ASPM Twitter thread. That is that, magnificent, that, isn't it? But you see stuff and you just go, particularly the international games, that you see some absolute carnage you know oh, if, they, yeah. if if the if the highlights are a little bit longer than just a minute and a half they are it, it, there's some really bad rugby going on do you know what the background of that count is because obviously so much of it is it's basically french and like there's lots of french coverage on there and then but there's also heavily features welsh teams and you yeah. know you will it's like ebel vale versus yeah, you, the, you know versus neath or something yeah. and you go what uh, hang on yeah, I know. I don't know what it is, but it's it's, it's well worth a follow. We've, we've done lots of lots of uh, plugging other accounts uh, this uh, this week. Maybe they'll plug us back. I don't know. Oh well, who knows? Maybe. Um, but yeah, nonetheless. Uh, right, quick break, and then into uh, uh, a few more of our um, favourite moments of the World Cup, and also a preview of Wales Fiji. That's the plan. Coming up after this. Into the final part of the show of this week's Attacking Scrum Rugby World Cup special with MSG Tours. Uh, as you say, we are out there next week. Really looking forward to bringing you some extra content and uh, and to watching this Wales side refresh. Can't wait. And uh, yeah, if you uh, if you want to do the same, make sure you check out MSG Tours uh, for your last minute packages. It is not too late. Right, Stin. A few of our favourite moments. We have so far butchered... Um, Butchered uh, best find or best kind of unsung hero player. Uh, what about this one? Let's go for a more a, a more obvious one. What about most important player? Who do you think has kind of had the biggest impact on their team so far from what you've seen? Well, I mean, this isn't a hipster choice at all, but um, obviously, I mean, the player, the player that we're most invested in is DuPont, isn't it? It yeah, is, isn't and, it? And whether, whether he... Um, it's it just it beggars belief that he's that he's ready and waiting to play again. How does that work? I can't be, can he? He, can, he just can't be. I, I I'm really, you know, again to bring it back to kind of some of the the football references. By the way, I've watched about ten games of football in the last decade, but for some reason keep dragging it back to football. But you look back, you know, remember like when Gaza had his his cheekbone fractured mm. and. 
again you see players playing the mask Guardiola would be the would be the modern reference to that that's football right how you could play scrum half in a quarter final with a metal plate in your face and a mask like that it just feels would he wear would he wear a mask has that I been no Certainly, wearing a mask as part of recovery and training. Whether or not he'd play it on the pitch, I don't. I don't know. Would, but... it, would he be allowed to? Yeah, I think Aaron Ordecky did it again about, oh, okay. about ten, twelve years ago. And uh, so, I, I think you are. I think you would be allowed to wear it. I can't. I can't see why not if head-on-head contact isn't a thing. But um, yeah, I mean, there must be something at the back of your at the back of your head or the front of your face that is that is. That would that would be playing on your probably mind. probably the front of your face is at the back of your head. If, if yeah, you know, it's not good, is it? It's weird. It's just extraordinary. Shows how important he is, though, doesn't it? And I know we're stating the obvious because he's the best player in the world, but and the fact that they're talking talking it up. That's why I I would have thought that if I was thinking about the communicate the messaging, I would be thinking about playing it down, not playing it up. But, yeah, you'd be doing the Eddie Jones treatment on it. Yeah, wouldn't you? I'd be, you'd be like, "Yeah, I'd be, I'd it's going to go down. To, it's going to go down to the wire. We'll let you know. You know, we'll 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 be we'll be naming the side as late as possible. Get yeah. more marmalade. You know, that'd be it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That 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 is the that that is the the picture that you paint that'll never go away from my mind now. Whenever Eddie Jones's name. I don't know. Eddie Jones and Marmalade is just now inextricably linked. That's it. Just yeah, like some demented, angry Paddington Bear. But yeah, yeah I, 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 you're right though. In terms of importance, it's amazing to see a side with that much strength in depth. They lost in Tamak before the tournament, and obviously that was a blow. They lost Dante before the first game. That was a blow. And they've got depth everywhere. And they've got some wonderful halfbacks. It was some wonderful scrum halves. But no, but no one is no one is Dupont. He's just so so important that um, that it's really hard to look past that. And I, just thinking about South Africa, there's not one player there. There was a point where it seemed that Faf was the most important mm. player by a mile, and it, that's just not the case anymore. Um, I I can't think of any an individual who obviously. You know, we all talk Sexton, don't we? That's the other one in terms of how critical he is to to the to the fully functioning team. But I I wonder, you know, I wonder whether. I mean, he yeah. Crucially, he's not injured. That's the that's the difference. If Sexton yeah. was sweating on fitness now, it would be a different it would be a different mood around the Irish team. I would have thought versus where they are now. Yeah, yeah. Are there any players that you think just that aren't that sort of sort of top critic? You know, the not critical players, but just play. I, I would say from our team, I think Jack Morgan is becoming one. I honestly, I do. I think as you as you will have known, and regular listeners will know, I've been clinging on to the fact that I thought this year might be twenty eleven all over again, and twenty eleven was all about Warburton's coming of age on the biggest stage and throughout that tournament you looked at him and thought Christ we've unearthed the talent here he just can't get injured and we all know how that ended and I, I kind of feel the same about Jack Morgan you know he's he is playing to such a level and having such an impact on the team that he you know he's our Dupont I think and has the same kicking game <laughs> yeah 
maybe not quite as good but yeah no um it's not a hipster choice but it, uh an alternative choice i think it, it, i think if we if we lost uh if if we lost i think three players mm. I, I mean i certainly if we lost will Rowlands, i yeah. think we'd be a much weaker team agreed um i think if we lost and I wouldn't say this from a from from a more to do with who would replace him. If we lost George North, I think we'd be a much weaker mm. team. Um, to, I mean, Toby again. It, and, to, yeah. when, when, to, when Toby is full, Toby, yeah, it's, he is a hard man to cope with. So yeah, he, and and we've seen we've seen iterations of our side without Toby. You know, we missed him so much. I think in that semi final against South Africa. Four years ago, I think yeah. Toby would Toby could not not necessarily the difference, but it, he would have made a massive impact. So I mean, there is there is plenty in our side still, actually, which is which is kind of encouraging. And actually, prior to the game against Australia, I would have said Bigger was in that same vein. You know, the fact that Bigger went off after eight was it eight minutes. Mm. I had my head in my hands and thought oh, this is going to be a big ask for Anscombe, and you know, he absolutely pulled it out of the bag. So it speaks Are volumes you, to you... the belief in there. Have you thought again about selection and stuff and what what you were thinking? Because we were talking mm. last week and we were we were sort of we'd persuaded ourselves that going in fairly fairly fully loaded was the was the best way. I think so. A couple of changes. I mean, obviously, Big is not going to be fit, so Anscombe will play there. Uh, I keep the centres the same. I'd bring Rio in for Lewis Rees-Zamet. Uh, yeah, I'd keep Liam at fullback. I'd keep Josh Adams on the other wing. Halfbacks would be the same as the obviously bigger out and Anscombe in. I would keep Gareth Davis there for continuity. In the pack, I think I would keep... Would I keep everything the same? The only thing I'd be tempted to do is bring Lake in to start. Hmm. And maybe, yeah, I'd bring Lake in. I'd also be tempted. I don't know, do you rest Morgan or do you not? I don't know. I mean, because you got because Repple might want a bit of game time, um, but then Morgan's Morgan, so I don't know. What would you do? Yeah, I I'd be tempted to um, to rest uh, Jack Morgan as well, but they, I I I was quite intrigued. There was, I think it. You know, I've heard lots of people say that Lake should get a should go on the you know, should be on the bench. Mm. And I just wonder whether it's the it's the reverse that you would start with, Lake. Um, there is something about needing, we need to test a front row that maybe that can compete that isn't the first choice front row, I think. Mm. I'm not I, sure. I, I kind of feel I, like it, this is it now. It's like we're... I know it's not knockout rugby, but it's kind of like this is a dress. This is a kind of dress rehearsal game yeah. to go out and play quarterfinal level. I um, just feel I, I'd like to see more of Nicky Smith. No, I, know, yeah. I know we are the we. Uh, why we're not sponsored by Nicky Smith is a mystery because we mentioned him enough times. We have been sponsored by Scott Otten for a number of years. He's a very good mate of this. Um, yeah, well, there we're we are. essentially we're essentially sponsored by Nicky Smith. <laughs> Yeah, so I I don't know that it does strike me as um, I yeah I what I what I'd love is that Scotland obviously you know having having tonked 
uh, Romania have got a bunch of players now who can sit sit on the bench mm. and and be relishing the maybe not relishing the prospect of playing Ireland, but are in in good spirits and good form. It would be nice if we could do the same, really. Um, if we could just have that a, a bench that we're not going with all due respect to, you know, say Dylan Lewis, that we were, you know, that we're like, oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I feel like yeah. Henry Thomas has kind of usurped him a little yeah, now, yeah. I think, up the back of And again, it's no, again, yeah, there's no disrespect to this because they, they offer different, they offer different things. I just feel like as the tournament goes on and, you know, we are going to have a quarterfinal to play after this game, set piece and uh, and scrummaging and line outs and the rest of it is going to be so important that I feel being able to bring a scrummaging hooker like Thomas off the bench versus a an around the park Dylan Lewis is is probably the best approach. Uh, I, I tell you what I would say, you know, in, in all fairness to, to Corey Tomaszewski, after that first game, I thought, you know what, I could see Gatland freezing him out here because he made very, very silly error that that could have cost Wales dearly in that first game. And I kind of thought, you know, that whole being able to perform under pressure stuff might, he's, he's bounced back and has, and has been given other opportunities and has, has done it, has acquitted himself really well. And I do really like him. I think he's an excellent player as much as I really like Nicky Smith. Yeah. So, you know, if he's made that 17 shirt his own, then, then crack on and, and, um, you know, and, and, and run with it. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be tinkering too much. The only thing is, like, I, I feel like there is, there is so much more to come from Lake. There is so much more to come, and uh, yeah, those those three hookers. Obviously, as I've said before, yeah, Elliot was the very first guest that we ever had on the, the very first professional guest that we had on the pod, and however long ago that was, like seven years ago, he had his boot in an ankle, speaking to us while eating an ice cream on holiday in Cornwall. So I've always followed his, always followed his career. And he's, you know, he's a really nice guy and I'm delighted to see him bounce back from, from being out in the cold. Ryan Elias, I'll hold my hands up and say when he was starting hooker under Pivak, I thought I'm just not that sold. And, and he is without doubt the first choice at the moment. If the quarterfinal was tomorrow, you pick Ryan Elias and, and fair play to him for, for doing that. But then Lake, it's just honestly, I think there's such a beast in there, and and this guy is, it has so much more to give. And if it doesn't come in this World Cup, it doesn't come in this World Cup. But it's going to come. The, the you know the only thing is is his slightly iffy darts, and um, he's worked on that. It's improved. It was a real shame that it fell apart against Portugal because I know it's not necessarily all his fault, but. A couple of them look like nervy throws, but honestly, honestly, this guy, like, I think, he, I think he's Lions standard, without a doubt. You know, whether or not he plays the Lions will depend on a number of different things, but the the mindset, the physicality, everything about him, other than the slightly iffy darts, screams Lions Test standard to me, and I'm, I really hope we get a chance to see a bit more of that. Uh, maybe we should have. Maybe we should have seven forwards on the bench just to that's, squeeze him in. Yeah, no. I mean, it, that's why I'd start him because I just yeah. think it would be good to get to give him give us some darts time, I guess. And and as a skipper as well, you know, if you, if you are yeah. if you are considering giving Morgan a bit of a a bit of a break, 
And I would like to see Reffle get some more time because, again, Reffle is becoming the kind of forgotten man in that seven jersey. And he is, you know, in another, in the, in the post-2007 era, if Tommy Reffle existed as a, as a fully grown player then, he could be a hundred capper by now. You know, it's, um, that, that's how good he is. Uh, but, but he's going to have to compete with Morgan. And I think that that back row looks so settled at the moment, but I'd be tempted to look at maybe giving, giving Morgan a bit of bench time and starting Raffle and starting late. Would, are you seeing 15, 20 points more victory or? Uh, it's a good point. I, no, I'm not actually, I'm feeling like it might be a bit nerd. Well, I suppose it's not nervy because you know that we're we're through and that you know a bonus point gets us top of the group. So nervy is not perhaps the right word. The twenty the twenty eleven parallel would be the game against Fiji, which mm. we all went into thinking we needed to we need to win. Could be a bit cagey. Four years previous nightmare, not all that stuff. I think we beat them sixty six nil. So I hope it's that, and I hope that we go. But I think I think Georgia have found something in the last game that they've struggled to find previously, and would like to back it up with a big performance against Wales. So I think they I think they'll come out hard, but I'm not too worried. I, I I would like to see a good performance for momentum, and and I'm sure Gatlin would as well. We don't really want another stutter like we had against Portugal. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I I feel the same way. I think that perhaps perhaps we won't. Um, our long-standing ability to not put the smaller, mm. the the smaller, you know, lesser. Oh God, why am I using those words? Because they're going to bite me on the ass. Um, but it's they, fine yeah. because we've lost to every nation in the world, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, yeah. How patronising is it? Um, having bloody already lost at home to them. I said but, less than yeah. a year ago, we lost at home to Georgia. So yeah, yeah. Hmm. so. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's going to be a cricket score either. I don't, uh, but I, I don't mean that from a glass half empty kind of, um, kind of viewpoint. I just think that, yeah. I just what think, what yeah. would be better? Would it be better to go out and and put a big score on them, or would it be better to have a good test with a quarter final a week later? I quite like the that last ditch. Bonus point try by Falatau. Oh god, I can't go through that again. That was um, that was that was actually one, that was almost as tense as the week before against Fiji because at that moment in time, you didn't know that we were going to no. give Australia an absolute seeing to, and you thought this could be this could be a three way tie at the end of at the end of five yeah. games, uh, four games. Yeah, yeah, I I quite liked it. I didn't like it at the time. I was I was yeah, I couldn't. Uh, you know, it was awful, but. In retrospect, I think character building, perhaps. Uh, and I always like giving Gatland an excuse to to put the boot in in training the following week. Mm-hmm. I do, I'm assuming that he does that. I don't. I, I have no idea, but I assume that it kind of gives incentive to all the all the coaching team to 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 not. Not that I'm suggesting that they sort of down tools and and chill for the week by any means but i think that um i i wouldn't i wouldn't mind a i wouldn't mind some adversity 
at some point, having to yeah. drag back a nine point deficit or to or to or to have to not not in terms of you know the actual result, but putting together as you know a a, a a courageous victory in the face of of uh, of of you know rearguard Georgian defence or or even even better Georgia coming at Wales hard and oh, I think they will I think there's having, no doubt about that and us having to do the job you know having to defend your own line uh, quite a lot would be a good thing I think as long as obviously the key thing is that you know we don't carry we don't suffer too many injuries. Um, We've done or, so. That's or, been the game plan, hasn't it? Really, has been to take up the pressure. Or disciplinary. I yeah. mean, I hate to say it, but you know that's always a that's something. When people say, "Oh, it's a foregone conclusion," I was just thinking, mm. "We're one. We're one. We're a red card away against." Us. I'm not suggesting that, that was ever going to happen, but yeah. you know, the circumstances. You know, it's like, "Hello, we've done this before." Yeah. You know, we've been in an important game and. We've lost a player. And... Yeah, back when red cars weren't really a thing either. Um, mm. Whereas now it's you know it's, it's always a danger. That's quite interesting just to look ahead because we do know we've got a course final to play, which is an incredible position to be in. Now it will either be yeah, if, if we were to completely bungle it, it would be England. But failing, you know, presuming well, not presuming, but let's say we top the group, it will then be Argentina or Japan. Now, that's an interesting one because I, I, I've been thoroughly unimpressed with Japan so far. I've also been thoroughly unimpressed by Argentina. Yeah, I watched but, Japan and I didn't, I was surprised. You know, they obviously, the other, on Thursday night, was it? Yeah, I think it was. But yeah. Samoa have been even worse. Samoa have been hugely yeah. disappointing with the backdrop of having a lot of, you know, experienced you know, yeah. Luatur and um, Luatur and uh, Leo Lafano and and players like that coming into the side to, to bring a bit of a bit of experience and stability. They've been very disappointing, but Japan got the result in that game. And again, it just made me think: it's not a done deal that it's going to be Wales Argentina. Who knows? You know, you could be again a, a red card or a an, an Argentinian dud performance away from Japan making a quarter final unexpectedly. Yeah. I wouldn't mind playing. I wouldn't mind playing Japan. No, I'd be quite happy with that. I, if I'm honest, I think the way that this team, has, the the way the both sides come together, it would be a disappointment now to go out to any of those sides, and I include England in that in the quarterfinals. Wow, it would. Yeah. It would. I, you know, I don't rate this England side. Uh, I don't rate the Argentinians. I don't rate the Japanese. I, I think it, you know, it is, and I know people have said our group, you know, the whole side of our pool is easy and it is compared to the other. It completely is. But, you know, I think Fiji first up was a test. Australia is always Australia and to put them to the sword like that is, you know, we've fully deserved our place in the, in the quarterfinals. Yeah. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe England are growing like that, but I haven't seen it yet. You know, I've seen them. I, I, I what the most impressive performance I've seen from England was against Argentina. I thought that they, you know, they had adversity in the opening minute of that but they, they seem to play their best rugby with 14 men on the pitch against Japan like again everyone's putting the sheen on it that Marcus Smith came on Marcus Smith won't feature from now on I wouldn't no. have thought I no. can't see Borthwick picking him certainly not starting not and and, uh, and I just think you know he's he's the one that added the sparkle to that they were dire for most of that game it's Couldn't usually when it comes 
usually when it goes awry that they stick him on out of desperation, which is is a no no way to it's no it's no way to well it's just no way to play really um because you're going okay last throw of the dice and everybody knows it's coming and again you know now that Farrell's fit again can you really have three tens in a 23 because i no. imagine it will be ford and farrell at 10 and 12 can you have another one on the bench covering 15 i don't know but i, I do again this could all come back to bite me in the arse and they make the final and bloody win it but i've yet i've yet to be convinced by that well, side I was, I was, yeah, I was talking to um, a mate who surprised me completely on, on, uh, on, yeah, last week who said he thinks that they will, they, they're back and that they're going to be a pain in the ass and they're going <laughs> to, they're going to, they're going to do something. And I was like, really, you really believe that? I mean, he really doesn't want that to happen, but he, uh, the, uh, you know, um, he was Welsh, but, uh, but he was, yeah, he was convinced that they were gonna, they were going to be the surprise package, as opposed to the the, the romantic surprise packages that I was uh, that I was sort of um, volunteering to him. But there we are. Right, let's finish on this one, Justin. As we as we usually do a kind of moment of the week, let's do a moment of the tournament this far. As again, as listeners will know, this is sponsored by our good friends at. So coffee trades. So let's have a moment of the tournament so far from you. It could, this is your favourite, by the way. It doesn't have to be the best or the most impactful. It can be something as uh, as trivial as you like. Well, it's going to be, again, two fairly obvious things. It's either Zombie or Josh Adams' tackle. Two of my um, absolute favourite moments, yeah. Yeah, those are the, those are the, I think that, that those are the ones for me so far. I tell you, um, yeah, I tell you what, you go for Zombie and I'll go for Josh Adams because we spoke about Zombie at length last week. And uh, I just, in fact, that's something that I felt like this weekend has really been like the, like we just needed a few bigger games of rugby. Even if Ireland were like playing Romania this week, it would have been worth it just for the, for the sing-along at the end of the game. So I'm desperate to see that next week. Yeah, that's gonna. That's surely gonna happen, isn't it? That's it's going to be. Repeated. What happens if Scotland win? What song do they sing? Oh, it's the it's the Proclaimers, isn't it? All day long, is it? Isn't it? I, surely... I tell you what, there is there is a time, heard... there is a time and a place for the Proclaimers. At, um, there is, yeah. The um, oh, no, which cup final would it have been? Um, I can't. Presumably Hibernian. Yeah, it would be it'd be Hibs versus someone, and hearing like. 30,000 Hibs fans sing Sunshine on Leith, a cappella, yeah. is absolutely incredible. And I know it's going to be 500 miles, but yeah, it's still like, I don't know, there, there's, I've got a lot of love for the Proclaimers, so I'd be, I'd, be quite, I'd be quite on board with that. Yeah, well, it's not going to be the fire engines or some sort of no. late post-punk. Uh, uh... Yeah, which orange juice track will it be? Oh, it would have, there would have been a point where Dignity by Deacon Blue would have been, you know, so we are dredging the... I would have been there. up for that. I would have been up for that. I No, no, <laughs> we've got to finish on this because this is a rugby connection, right? Cast your mind back to watching, you know, any generic, awful URC game featuring a Scottish side. Let's say it's Edinburgh versus uh, the Ospreys on a Friday night. Yeah. Dougie Vipond, who, present, <laughs> who presents for... Um, did, did you know this? So, oh, Dougie Vipon, so Dougie Vipon, who was, who's yeah. the presenter on URC, was the, was he the drummer in Deacon Blue or something? Yeah, he was. Is he the drummer or the bass player? Hang on. Talk among yourselves, as Murph likes to say. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, he was. Uh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not trying to show off here, but I used to hang around with them quite a lot when they first started. But I, you don't show off enough on this podcast. We don't tap into your into your music. Yeah, but that's, that's not an idle boast, is it? But I did see them an alarming <laughs> amount of times, and have kind of tried to push that one to the back of my uh, memory banks and try to be a bit cooler <laughs> than that. But particularly as Ricky Ross seems, yes, I don't know. Um, yeah. God, yeah, he was. God, what a! I had no idea that he was the same guy that was presenting the rugby. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Right. So I think this week's uh, this week's um, exit music will be. Uh, I'll, I'll pick a, De- a Deacon Blue track, um, and maybe we should alternate this as well. Seeing as let's be honest, last week's ter- last week turned into an off-air pile-on to Stereophonics, which has been our exit music for a long time. Yeah, but... and I, I, to be fair, I did speak to a member of the Manning Street Preachers this week, so I'm now I'm officially name-dropping, and he was cool with the fact that they played Dakota. He was going, no, that's fine, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's yeah, I, yeah, well, again, like I, I haven't got a lot of time sticking out for post-first album Stereophonics, but Dakota has truly garbage lyrics, but you know, if you were to listen to it musically and you didn't know anything out, you go, "That's that's a kind of identikit, but perfectly well written big stadium rock song." I still call them Tragic Love Company anyway, rather than the Stereophonics, because that's what their name was before, and that, and when they were an AC, practically an ACDC tribute band. So, you know, excellent. Well, sorry, you've, you've spent that. You've spent the whole episode saying this is not a hipster choice, but I think you've 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 finished it on uh, here. Are, here are some hipster references. Um, yeah. The best of which is, I don't want to brag, but I knew Deacon Blue before Dougie Vibon presented, presented, presented on Premier that's Sports. That's really not going to do me any favours in hipster circles, I can assure you, yeah. Outstanding. Well, look, yes, no, I really enjoyed it. To say it was a rest week and we didn't have any footages of, uh, of 13th century French uh, French basilicas or whatever the... Is that a French? That's the Italian word, I don't know. Yeah. Would it be the same? Just, I think some sort of monastery on the on the top of a hill, on top of another hill, on perched on the edge of a cliff is yeah. actually the standard thing. Exactly, and stood there is Dougie Vipond with a Premier Sports branded microphone. So thank you. Uh, yes, it's been fantastic uh, to chat to you. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, thank you. I will do some shout out reviews over the next week. I know we've had a, we've had a couple which has been really good. We've we've actually had our biggest listening figures ever uh, on the last, on consecutive months. So thank you so much for that. Um and stick with us. We've got loads more of this shit when um when <laughs> when when we get down to the URC. Um you know we will help get rid of the bitter pill that is the rugby around those seasons. So so yeah stick with us after that. But um yeah we will be back to chat rugby with you with loads and loads of content next week. So thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.